Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Today's podcast features the amazing Lucy Clark. If you recall, I first interviewed Lucy way back in October. It was episode seven. If you haven't listened to that podcast yet, I recommend you pause this, go back, listen to it, then get back into this one. Lucy spent a long time planning an epic adventure. She planned to run the length of New Zealand from the tip of Cape Ragnar, I think it's pronounced, in the North Island to the bluff in the South Island. Well, with strength and determination, Lucy did it. She now has the fastest known time, or FKT, finishing, and we'll try this pronunciation, the Te Arore, I'm not really sure, trail in 66 days, 7 hours and 8 minutes. What an absolutely phenomenal achievement and an inspiration to women and men everywhere to show what is possible. I really hope you enjoy the chat that I have with Lucy. Hi, Lucy, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's good to be back. Yeah, so you've only just been back in Bright a few days, am I correct? Uh, So, yeah, just a week now. So we got back to Bright on Wednesday of last week. So where had you been following the finish of your run? And we'll get to your run in a minute. Where had you been following the run? So we had two weeks in New Zealand. So we... had booked our flights to fly out on the 31st just to give ourselves a bit of a buffer because we weren't sure, you know, maybe I was injured or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I ended up obviously going a little bit quicker than I thought, so we had quite a long holiday while we were there. Oh, well, that's awesome, isn't it? So congratulations. You absolutely – you did such a fabulous job and really – so fast like I can't believe it um I was just in awe just watching your progress and I'm sure everybody else was too so start start us off let's you know step us through it um when you started I remember reading that you said in the first couple of days you had a bit of trouble with nutrition what happened yeah so I'd say the first couple of days I was pretty overwhelmed by the whole situation yeah something that you yep. plan for a long, long time. And, I mean, this is not uncommon. A lot of people get this in races as well. And, and how long had you been actually planning this, like from the first time you thought, this is what I want to do? How well, long was that? so I first found out about the trail probably three years ago or so, oh, okay. and I wanted to do it then. But then we said, So it's been bubbling away for that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in January of last year, we said, yep, we're going to do it. And we started to actually put in place the plans to actually do it um, yeah. starting in November. So I started training from January and I think suddenly I was at the start line and yeah. looking down the barrel of 3,000 Ks. and Oh, my God, that would be so yeah. daunting. <laughs> I know, and I was just looking at the whole trip and I knew yeah. it was not what I should have been doing, but I couldn't help but do it. And I was thinking, you know, I was feeling like I had pressure on me, which I didn't. It was just pressure I was making up in my head. And I guess... But that's so easy to do, and I'm sure everybody does it. Oh, yes, totally. Um, And so, yeah, I was just really overwhelmed by the whole situation. To make things worse, the first two days were pretty much on a beach. So I think... Oh, sand running? Yeah, how bad Uh running on the beach is. So the first day was 69 Ks on the beach. Oh, no. 
<laughs> yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> it's, if I was to say two words for it, it is soul-destroying. Oh, my God, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, and the second day was 30Ks on a beach and then 26Ks on the state highway. And basically their oh. state highways are like single lane, no verge, there's no barriers. Oh, so, scary. Yeah, so it was, um, to be honest, it just wasn't fun. And yeah. I think I bigged it up in my head being like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to love it. Like, I love running. I'm going to love doing yeah. this. First two days, I didn't love it. Um, yeah. I also got blisters between my toes from having wet feet and sand. And I, I was going to a- say, was that because of the sand? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a single blister in all of my training. So yeah. that was pretty Did horrible. you have gaiters for the sand? I did. But they still, when you're on the beach for 10 hours. Yeah, I mean, you just can't escape it, can you? Yeah, exactly. So that was a bit stressful as well. Um, And then all of that stress is what then makes eating quite difficult. So we had sort of a food plan before the trip and that pretty much just went out the window. I did not want to eat eggs, which I used to eat, I ate every single day. In training, <laughs> I couldn't like coffee. Went off coffee, which is unbelievable. What I know, I did. How did you survive with that coffee? Uh, well, I kind of started drinking coffee again a few weeks later, but it would literally be three or four sips in the morning, and that would be it. Went completely wow. off tomatoes. I think it, I would. Oh, how odd! Yeah, I compare it. Not that I've ever been pregnant, but maybe being pregnant, where some people I, one day it's fine. Say... Day, the first no. thing I went off when I was pregnant was coffee, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't, yeah, I just didn't want it. And so we kind yeah. of rejigged things. But I think the main thing that made eating easier is that after probably a week, um, I remember it was day eight when things started to click and yep. my body sort of had adapted and then I could, you know, eat food quite oh, easily. Right. Uh, because yeah. Not being able to eat in itself was really stressful because I knew how important that was. Yeah, Uh, because you don't want to get behind the eight ball right at the start. No, and it was about day 15 we noticed that I'd lost quite a lot of weight, both my husband and I, (sighs) and um, then we kind of put steps in place to minimise it from then on. Because I have to say I was sort of keeping an eye on that too when I was looking at your pictures and you always looked really healthy like you see yeah. some runners who do these long long runs and by the end they look really haggard but mm. you it looked like you really looked after your nutrition because you looked still you still looked healthy yeah so I, I'd actually put on probably a little bit of weight and muscle before the trip yeah. so probably about three or so kilos heavier than I normally am yeah. And then once Thank we Thank goodness. Yeah, exactly. And once we got to about day 15 and I said I started looking very skinny, we just yeah. started going, okay, well, I need to get more calories in. And my coach had said to me, you just need to stop thinking of food as something you need to enjoy. It's just fuel. Yes, just that's me. right. Yeah. And so, yeah. for example, I would eat quite a lot of cereal as a snack and instead of having milk, we'd do cream. A lot more calorie dense. Oh wow! Yeah, and I like cream, so that was handy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would eat an entire block of Whitakers at oh, night time, which is a thousand <laughs> calories in itself. That just sounds um, like heaven, but I just don't know if it yeah. really would be. No, you sit there and you're just eating it, but you're not really tasting it. If that makes sense, yeah. you just yeah. and so forcing. I just yeah, you're forcing it down. And I would just essentially every night, as soon as I got to the van, I'd just be constantly grazing like chips. Mm-hmm. 
chocolate, noodles, lollies, whatever, um, just constantly be eating just to get the calories in. And we sort of were able to then minimise the weight loss. And I I was still at the end of the trip. We never actually weighed me, but I think... You can tell from your fit of your clothes, can't you? Yeah, exactly. I definitely lost weight. I guess maybe four kilos by the end, which is pretty... Yeah, I mean, I could tell you'd lost a bit of weight, but you you still looked healthy. Mm. You still looked good. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that's why I didn't, you know, I had no injuries the whole way through. And yeah, I think because you often hear about people doing these long runs getting some sort of injuries, but you got nothing, did you? Nothing, no. I got my plantar fascia on my right foot. It was a little bit sore towards the end, um, but that's... But that's hardly surprising. Yeah, exactly. And that was about it. I, and the only bad injury I guess I had was a really badly sunburnt lip, which blistered up. <laughs> afterwards oh, really yeah oh, and I shouldn't it, laugh no but. it was horrible and at <laughs> night time my lips would get stuck together overnight oh, oh really horrible it's horrible and eating was really painful but and you that, had so much eating to do yeah well thankfully this happened basically on the last day pretty much and it yeah. just got really bad the few like the week afterwards so, so, so how did that happen just being in the sun all day um I would put sunscreen on and put sunscreen yeah. on my lips, but obviously you lick it off when you're drinking, you're yeah. eating. You know, there must have been the sun coming from an angle that my hat didn't protect it. And just wow. day after day, just yeah. – Just not something up. I would have thought of. You know, no, exactly. Me neither. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, well, if that was the worst of it, then that's not too bad, really. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And so, on average, how long were you um, sort of on your feet each day? Oh, I would say, so typically I started every day at about 7, 7.30. Yeah. And I'd normally, oh, I'd be done anywhere between sort of 4 and 7.30. Yeah. So it really depended on the terrain for the day. The shortest day I did in distance was uh, one day, which was maybe 11K, but that was okay. because basically we had torrential rain, so I only just ran a little section for that day. But yeah. the longest day we had was 73K, but that wasn't the longest day in hours. So the longest day I had in oh, hours, okay. 16 and a half hours, wow. which was in the Nelson Lakes. Yeah, and we. And why was that day so long? Well, the terrain. So we were. It was quite um, mountainous. Yeah. The first part of it actually really slowed us down by a couple of hours because the track had washed away. So we had to bush Mm. bash. I was with a girlfriend, Nikki, and we had to bush bash for a couple of k's, which took a couple of hours. It was that bad. And that Um, would be exhausting when you're probably pretty tired already. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Thankfully, it was towards the start of the day, so we just put our waterproof jackets on and just, like, yeah. bashed our way through, um, yeah. and our jackets were beating as opposed to our skin, so that was lucky. Um, but yeah. then that day as well, we went over a big pass called Wayu Pass, which is, um, it was, that was, you know, quite a big climb, so it took us a while. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're with someone else, it's kind of fun, but we were pretty exhausted by the end. Yeah, yeah. And um, what was, uh, you know, like you started with, with sand and some road. Mm-hmm. How did the terrain yeah. vary throughout the, the trip and as you went through different parts of New Zealand? Yeah, so 
On the North Island, it was probably a lot more urban, I guess. Um, yeah. Not meaning that I was on the road. Well, I was probably on the road more, but there was you'd still go through quite a few forests. But, for example, there was only two nights that I stayed in huts, backcountry huts, and that yeah. was a section called the Tararua Ranges. Uh, but for the rest of the time, you're either running kind of through forests during the day, but you're able to get to road access, Quite a bit of farmland as well, which okay. is, is actually quite hard going because there's a lot of divots. So it's I was quite going hard to say, to yeah, them. it's the divots make it hard, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then also if it's, you know, they make you cross fields which still have got cattle in it, which <laughs> well, was quite scary at times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're kind of scared of you, but then they're used to farmers coming in and giving them food. So then uh, they see you and they kind of start following you, which is, a bit yep. terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so, yeah, and I mean, it was still pretty mountainous, uh, I'd say. So in the North Island, it was 1,700 k's, and I did about 38,000 uh, metres of climbing. So, Oh, wow. It's still pretty mountainous. In mm. the South Island, by comparison, it's 42,000 metres of climbing. So it's only 4,000 oh. metres difference. But the big difference with the South Island is that it's a lot more remote. So I had 15 days or 15 nights in huts compared to just two in the North Island. Oh, I didn't realise you had that many. Yeah. Yeah. And there's quite a few where you have them in a row. So quite a few sections where I'd go out for two nights in a row or three nights in a row. And that's challenging because you're staying in huts, which the huts Mm. are great over there. They've got, you know, bunk beds and mattresses. Oh, okay. Sleeping bag and um, sleeping mat in case the hut's full. But you're carrying all your food with you as well. So if you're carrying food. So that's quite a bit of weight. Yeah. I don't actually know how heavy my pack was for that section, but I'd say maybe six, seven kilos, seven, eight. Oh, wow. That's decent. Yeah. Yeah. And was there sort of clean, fresh water along the way? Yeah. So there were streams. Pretty much the whole way, um, which you That's could good. fill your bladder up in. All the huts often had a, um, a tank. So yeah. I would I'd quite happily fill up my bladder along the way. The only place we wouldn't do it is if we were in farmland because you get yeah. run from the animals. Yeah. And when you were in those sections where you would stay overnight, you had people with you during those times, didn't you? Uh, for most of them, I did. Um, but I had hmm, probably... Well, I had one night where I stayed out completely by myself, where I was the only person in the hut. Oh, wow. Was that a bit nerve-wracking? Yeah, it was. It was on New Year's Eve, funnily enough. But I'd Oh, that's a bit sad. Yeah, I know. Not that I celebrate (laughs) New Year's Eve anyway, but... But no, but still. Yeah, yeah. it was a little bit nerve-wracking, but I kind of had expected that because I was on a less popular section of the trail. Yeah. So... I prepared myself mentally a little bit um, and this was probably about two weeks before the end. So I was in just a lot better mental space than I had been prior. Yeah, and you were probably so used to it. So Yeah, yeah, a little bit used to it. And I was just saying to myself, like, Lucy, nothing out here can kill you. The only thing (laughs) that can is your own stupidity. So <laughs> go to bed, you're totally fine. I had a possum yeah. jump on the roof in the middle of the night, which scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I but, can imagine. Uh, yeah, I was just said to myself, 
it is more scared of you than you are of it. And I went outside yeah. to get it off. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, I had one night where I was completely by myself. But I also had a few other nights where I left Tommy in the van but didn't have a friend with me. But then there were other yeah. uh, hikers in the huts when I got there. Oh, okay. And with, did they talk with you and find out what you were doing? Yeah, yeah. So having hikers in the huts in the evening was great because yeah, a lot of them had actually heard of me. Oh, but, okay, cause, cool. Yeah, because a lot of them were hiking the whole trail and so – it, there's, it's amazing what, you know, I don't want to say, not rumours is not the right word, but I guess information that gets passed yeah. down and between all the hikers because they're kind of leapfrogging each other. and Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a majority of them had heard about the crazy girl running the trail. So <laughs> you'd often have a chat with them and, yeah, and it's nice because you... That would you're, be cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you're experiencing the same thing. It's just that I'm doing it slightly faster. Yeah, just, just just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm guessing that you had many highs but also many lows. Can yeah. you give me, like, an example of what was one of your main highs and what was one of your main lows? Oh, so I'd say one of my main highs – well, that's really tough, actually. There's so many. But probably when <laughs> I went through the section called the Tararua Ranges, which is in the North yeah. Island, and I went through there with my husband. So – that oh, that would have been lovely. Of, yeah, and so he, this was around day 25 or so, and we had some friends with us that meant that they would take the camper van and he would do this section with me, and this is where we stayed mm-hmm. in the two huts yeah. in a row overnight. And it was just really lovely because he was with me. Yeah. And it's funny because the first day we actually took a wrong turn and we didn't stop hiking until 11.30 at night. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, so that was that was really tough. But because I was with him, it was fine and it almost was like a bit of an adventure. And yeah, uh, yeah. the next day we basically just walked along a ridgeline for the whole day up to a place, Mount Crawford. Oh, wow. And it was – I mean, the views were amazing, like some of the best yeah. I've ever seen. So that was really memorable to have him there with me. And yeah, that's oh, that's really great. really special. Yeah. Yeah. And then yep. I'd say the biggest low I had, it's a pretty easy one actually, is yeah. on Boxing Day we were in the South Island and I had finished the Nelson Lakes with my friend Nikki two days beforehand and then yeah. we had day off. We had Christmas Day off with uh, our two friends that were there and me and Tom and that was lovely. But then yeah. Boxing Day I had to go out by myself for three days and I had two nights in a month. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And there were also going to be river crossings. And the river crossings, you know, when you're doing the trail, you the river crossings, people tend to talk about them a lot because after rain they can be quite dangerous because um, the rivers are flowing quite fast. They yeah. can be deep. And, you know, every summer you hear about hikers that get swept down the river. And so, oh, really? Yeah. Most people that are hiking the trail – I was a bit scared of them, and I was petrified yeah. of them. Okay. So going out by myself for three days and knowing that I had these river crossings to deal with was really scary, and I was pretty much an emotional wreck, I would say, uh, that morning. But yeah. I went out, and to be honest, the three days are a bit of a blur. I think I took yep. two photos in the three days. Oh, That's God. It, yeah. Because I just was like, I just want to get to the hut. On as a mission. Yeah. Well, yep. 
just get this section yeah. over and done with. Yeah, and that's true. it was yeah, it just wasn't enjoyable. And it's funny because I'd get to the huts in the evening and I'd meet other hikers and actually have quite a nice evening. Yeah. But I'd and then the next day I'd just get up and I'd go like a bullet because yeah. I just wanted it over and done with. Um, but it was really hard, but in a way it was also good mentally because I toughed it out, but also all the things that I'd stressed out about beforehand, none of them happened. So it kind of made me realise, like, actually mm. I'm wasting all this energy for things that may happen and often they never do. And such a lesson in life as well. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully I think now I'm a lot more relaxed and it's yeah. a mindset I will take into whatever I do next. Yeah, well, that's great. That's That'll really help, won't it? Yeah, because, I mean, essentially and trail running and running is often problem-solving as things happen. So I was just trying is. to solve all the problems before they ever happened and <laughs> they never <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what a waste of energy. But, you know, yeah. lesson learnt, no. Yeah. And so um, how did your husband go with the crewing duties? Uh, I mean, he is a legend and yeah. he... Uh, Definitely, in ways, had it harder than me, I think. Um, it was interesting, sort of four days into the trip, you know, I'd try and help clean up in the evenings or yeah. wash things, and he kind of said to me, Lucy, it's just easier if you just leave everything and I do it, <laughs> and I just do it all. Because he's like, because it's kind of annoying when you're trying to do bits and I'm trying to do bits, and also I, he kept rearranging the van, so I didn't know where things went, and he was like, it's oh, okay. just easier if I do it all. And I'm just in control yeah. of it. So, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and I literally didn't do anything. Like, it was crazy. He did all the cooking, the cleaning. You know, at night time I'd eat my food and then I'd just leave the dirty bowl on the table and then he would pick oh, it up. Oh, wow. Right. That would yeah. have been a freeing feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he did an amazing job. But it was quite That's interesting great. when we had uh, our first friend come and stay with us and it was almost like someone else there was kind of – rocking the boat a bit as in he yeah. was like oh there's someone else here and they're doing things and actually hang on this is my domain yeah but, because you guys sort of had your own little rhythm going on I guess yeah exactly but then I think he realized after Kaz had left that actually these people are coming to run with me but also to help him yeah so he kind of relaxed a little bit and oh, good. when friends were there they want to help so yeah. it actually just became kind of more like a sharing of the load but I mean, it's still hard yakka for him, particularly in that first week where I'm really upset, I've got anxiety, I'm crying. So he's doing everything, but he's also seeing his wife very upset. Yeah, which would have been horrible for him too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he would wake me up in the morning at 6am, but he would often be going to bed way later because he's sorting things out. So I did see some... Like pictures where it's like he's got big bags under the eyes. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. But um, yeah. but he got to do some sections with me, like the Tararua Ranges I mentioned, yeah. and then also in the South Island when friends were with us, he'd come out and run with me for the day, and that was really yeah. nice. Oh, that's great. Well, it sounds like you two are a great team. Hmm. Yeah, I think we are. Um, and I hopefully you know I get to repay the favour one day for him. Maybe not for 66 days. Maybe do one plus shorter, but we'll see. Yeah, he's, he's not inspired to do something that long? Uh, I don't think he'd want to do something that long. I think he's he'd like to do uh, – I mean, he ran his first marathon 
in Melbourne just last year. And so he's yeah. thinking maybe of doing an ultra or he would like to do something. I think we both realise, you know, this experience was fantastic and I would like to do another multi-day one. But yeah. 66 days or this long is a really big undertaking. And so yeah. actually I think, you know, something that's maybe a 1,000 Ks and you can do it in 12 days is a bit more appealing. More manageable. Yeah, yeah, for the next one. So, speaking of next one, I know that you have some plans for something, but you don't really want to talk about it too much. <laughs> but can you give us like little clues? Is it in oh, Australia? I don't know. I've had so many plans that keep changing. So, oh, we've okay. got a couple that um, we've got our eyes on in the UK. Oh, okay. Um, so, my husband's English. So, yeah, yeah was, there's one over there. But there's also um, a race. In Wales, the dragon's back. Oh, yeah. We're keen to do that next year. That would Um, be awesome. Yeah. So I think I do like this multi-day sort of stuff, and I think I have a – judging by the trip I've just done, I have a bit of a knack to be able to do it. Yeah. My body doesn't break down. Um, Yeah. So and I just really enjoy it. So So are you looking more at doing races or doing more FKTs? Oh, uh, maybe a bit of both. I'd yeah, say. yeah, yeah. There's Why an FKT in England that uh, the South West Coastal Path, which I think yep. we, we give a crack at, um, yep. and then maybe doing some some racing as well. Uh, it's funny during the New Zealand run, I was thinking I would never want to run a hundred k. I'd never want to do a miler. But of course, now oh, that okay. I've done, I'm like oh, maybe one day yeah. I will. But I've just got to wait a little bit to see how the body. Um, recovers because it's pretty so speaking of recovery how how are you going well you know it's really interesting because you know three weeks ago I was running 40 50 60k a day and yeah, yeah. I'd by the end of it but I was okay and I knew I could back it up and I had two weeks completely off running afterwards yeah. and I started back running probably well, 10 days ago or so but just doing little 5k's yeah. and a couple of 10Ks, and it's amazing how tired my body is. I oh, didn't really? feel it during the during the run, but yeah. I, you know, 5 and 10K, well, 10K, I'm pretty knackered by the end of it, but it's it's hard to explain. It's, I actually get to the end, and I my legs are physically sore. You know, normally you run oh, and okay. I've yeah. had legs, like my legs will actually hurt. But I, and that's just, you know, 5 or 10K, and I'm sure you're not doing yeah. big maintenance ones either. So. No, exactly. So yeah. I think. So there's obviously a lot of micro damage yeah. still in your legs. Yeah, I think so. So I've just got to give it its time to heal. Yeah. And I also notice I've lost a lot of strength. So, uh, so a lot of yeah. muscle? Yeah, a lot of muscle. I, did, I knew I was going to lose muscle, but, yeah. uh, you know, even I ran with my run club in Bright the other night and up some of the hills and you just I just feel like I don't have any strength going up the hills. Um, so, yeah. you know, that's something that I've started working on, just doing some light weights at the moment because I do want to build that back up because it's pretty important for... Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important that you are focusing on ensuring that you're recovered properly because if you do yeah. want to do some more big events, that's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to try and rush back and then have another big setback. That's Um, right, and regret it, yeah. Yeah, and it's just listening. You know, normally I'm pretty gung-ho and I'm the person that 
sometimes can ignore what my body is telling me, but this time I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I put it through a lot. Just you know, leave it, let it heal, and it's when it's ready, I'll I'll know. Yeah, no, I think you're being really smart about that. So that's that's really good. And you're still working with your coach at the moment. Uh, yeah, so at the moment we're not. I'm kind of just winging it. But if I yeah. I figure out what I'm gonna do next, I'll definitely be getting Andy on board because yeah. you know, he is the reason I got through it. You yeah. know, unscathed. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you did such an awesome job. So, um, what was your exact time again? So it was 66 days, seven yeah. hours and eight minutes, I think. So, and the trail. I mean, if you go by what the TA says, it, it's 3,023 Ks. But yeah. if you go by the Garmin, it's a lot more. So uh, it's okay. roughly out between 45 to 50 K a day. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of running in anybody's <laughs> language. I know. <laughs> it is a lot of running, isn't it? It's funny. Yeah. You know, in Strava, you can see your week mileage and it's like yeah. I was up like 400 370 and now it's just like 30 <laughs> yeah exactly zero for a couple of weeks and it's 30 yeah. it's a dramatic drop off but that's okay well I think I think you definitely deserve it so well done on an absolutely awesome run and um we'll be all eagerly awaiting what your next adventure will be yeah once so. I know I'll let you know <laughs> Well, thank you so much for chatting with us and good luck with everything that's coming up. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I find Lucy so inspiring, don't you? Imagine running every day for 66 days and such distances too and over such varied terrain. What an achievement. I can't wait to hear about her next adventures. Don't forget to get onto Apple Podcasts to rate and review. I'd really appreciate it. I'll put a link in the show notes. I think I forgot last time, but I'll remember this time. Thanks to Shell Bell Oz for the comment. I can't believe I've only just started listening to this. I'm really enjoying the range of topics and perspectives and for the five-star review. Thank you so much. It really is appreciated. I'm having another Hiking Pulse Clinic coming up. Um, so I'm trying out a new time rather than a Saturday morning. I've planned for Sunday, 15th of March at 2 p.m. This session, as usual, will go for 90 minutes and we will focus on correct height and usage of poles. We'll practice on technical and non-technical terrain as well as um, the differences between the up and the downhill techniques. You'll learn how to use poles correctly when you're running or hiking. And as you well know with ultras that you often have to hike up hills. The lesson will be located in the Dandenong Ranges and I'll put a link to purchase the tickets in the show notes. If you're looking for coaching for any distance of race on trails or road, get onto my website www.peakendurancecoaching.com.au and get in contact with me. I'd love to help you reach your goals. Thanks for listening to the podcast and have a great week of training.